Yes. This is going to be fun. Um, I hope. I hope so. Let's pray. And um, because I was, I was tasked tonight with an interesting task. And so um, Cord came to me Sunday and he said, hey, I want you to talk about growth as a Christian and how we grow as Christians. And I'm like, okay. He's like, you're my disciple guy. You should know this. You should know this stuff. And I'm like, you're right. I should know this, you know? So just a lot of prayer, uh, went on this week and, uh, what to say, you know? Um, because I didn't want to just rehash something that you've probably heard a bajillion times in your life. Um, and I think, I think that tonight what we talk about maybe could be revolutionary for some of you in this room. Um, and maybe very different from what you've ever heard. It shouldn't be because it's the Bible. <laughs> like we, we all own one of these, right? Like everyone, everyone in the room has one, you know what I mean? Like it shouldn't be nothing. I, <laughs> like nothing I say tonight should be that revolutionary. Like we shouldn't walk away from here going, I, I never would have known that. Like, you know what I mean? Like if I, like I, I've read that a bajillion times, you know what I mean? Like, but God just has a way of doing things in a moment where you read something, you read it, you've read it a bajillion times. And for some reason you read it again and you're just like, was that there ever? You know what I'm saying? talking about like was that in the bible yesterday or did god just like plop that one in there on me you know what i mean ah sorry (laughs) so you can tell i'm a little bit just i'm in my feelings right now i'm in my feels um let's pray because i desperately need jesus um to get through this message so (laughs) ah yeah let's do the well let's do the uh memory verse first so it says this therefore as you received have received christ jesus the lord so walk in him having been firmly rooted and now being built up in him where am i and established in your faith just as you were instructed and overflowing with gratitude So let's pray. Father God, I thank you so much for this night, Lord Jesus. And Lord, I pray that you just, um, Lord, uh, this is is your time. Lord God, we are are here for you. Um, And Lord, we pray that we would just surrender ourselves onto whatever you have to say tonight, Lord God. And Lord, I pray that you would just use us um, according to your goodness, Lord God. Each one of us in this room, Lord Jesus, Jesus, have a mission that you have placed us on in this world. And Lord, let us live that out for your glory and your kingdom. You have called each one of us in this room out of darkness into your marvelous light for a reason. And so, Lord, I pray that we would not leave here, Lord God, thinking that we don't have a ministry, but we leave here knowing that we have a ministry, that you've called us to people that we're around every day to share your word with them, to tell them about who you are, to see their lives radically changed by the gospel, to love them like you do, Lord God. And so, Lord, help us in the moments where we're completely distracted by that and people cut us off in traffic and we use words we shouldn't use and we, um, Lord, help us. And, uh, Lord, speak through me tonight, Lord, um, for I ask it all to your glory, King Jesus. Amen. So I was thinking about growth, and the first thing that came to my mind was, 
I stink at growing things. Anybody else in this room like really bad? Has anyone ever tried to grow stuff? Okay, yeah. So I'm like, like my both my wife and I are horrible when it comes to growing. Like we have the blackest thumbs in the world. I swear, I swear. We we've been to Lowe's and we're like, what plant won't die? Can you give us that plant? And even that plant, we've killed those plants, dude. And I don't, I don't know how we've done it, but like we've killed us. My son though loves growing things, like loves it. And I'm like, dude, do you realize what family you got? Like, it's like, God didn't give me that family, man. Like, we're just not those people, you know what I'm saying? He'd be like, he has all these plants he wants to plant and like, and, uh, so we bought him a, we bought him a, a, a hybrid, hydroponic garden. You guys know what I'm talking about? A real little one. Cause a huge one would be insanely expensive, but we bought him a little, real, real little one. Right. And I love it. I loved it. We got it for him for Christmas and all I had to do was put water in it. Put some food in it, right? And I didn't have to touch it again for like months. And stuff was just growing in there. And I'm like, this is amazing. You know, I don't have to do anything to it, you know? And I just got to thinking about that. And so here's a question for us tonight, honestly. How do we grow as Christians? How do we grow as Christians? And I think, I think that like the, the normal response to this question, the normal answer that comes to this question is, well, you read your Bible, right? We've heard that, right? Read your Bible. That's super important. Who in here believes reading your Bible is important? If you don't come see me afterwards. All right. Um, I got some words for you anyway. Um, and they're all right here. Anyways. Uh, so, um, so yeah, reading your Bible is important. Uh, being in a life group, how many of you are in a life group? Oh man, I got, the rest of you, we really do need to talk. Okay, life group, um, you know, uh, you go to church, right? Like, you know, you pray. These are all important things. You love people, you know what I mean? I mean, most people, you know. But no, you, you love people, you know? And all those things, right, are, are uh, they can help us and assist us in growth. But there's one thing, there's one thing that Jesus actually said you need to do. Only one thing for growth. And it's found in John chapter 15. So let's go there. I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it so that it may be more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Let's stop there for a second. So if you guys remember last week, right, Cord talked about the soil and the seed. He talked about the soil and the seed, right? He talked about the thorny, the thorny soil, the rocky soil, the, the, um, the, the uh, hard soil or the, the one where the birds come and take it away. And then uh, the good soil, right, that's planted and it produces a crop a hundred times what was sown, right? Listen, whatever you believe in here is what's produced out here. I don't care how much you tell me you love Jesus. I don't care how much you read your Bible. I don't care. Listen, the devil knows the Bible, right? The devil goes to some of y'all small group. No, I'm joking. <laughs> but like, I'm joking. He doesn't. I hope not. Anyway, but like, you know, <laughs> I'm totally joking. Okay. I'm going to totally get an email now or something. Be like, dude, you can't say that. You can't say that. I just said it. Anyway, um, right? Like, so, so like he knows it. He knows it. And let me tell you something, man. You... <sighs> We're constantly running to this right here for all our answers and all our words, right? Like you tell me, listen, all you're getting from this is you. This is all, all you get from this is you. 
Whatever you like to look at, whatever you like to listen to, whatever you like to watch, whatever you like to hear, whatever you like to sing, all this does is give you that. It gives you you. And some of you have heard words spoken into your life like you're worthless, you can never be loved. Have you seen you? And some of you have let that word take root. And the fruit that's being produced in your life is that fruit because that's the word you've believed. But Jesus speaks a different word. You see, we think these soils things only have to do with Jesus. They don't. He's pointing to a reality. He's saying, look, these soils are your heart. And whatever word you let in, that's the word that's going to produce fruit. And he's saying, my word went out. And whoever received it produced the crop. And so Jesus is saying the same thing here. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. (sighs) Abide in me and I in you. So what's our job? To bear fruit, what else? Huh? To abide. That's it! This is not, (laughs) this is not hard. It's not easy. It's simple, but it's not easy. Okay, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Stop, right? Unless it abides in the vine. What does the vine, what's he saying? He's saying there's a branch that's connected to me, right? And as you are connected to me, my life source, my love, my righteousness, my holiness, all of who I am flows through you. Unless it abides in the vine. So neither can you unless you abide in me. So we can't bear fruit unless we abide in him. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Now listen, it doesn't mean you can't do anything good, right? We live in a world where people do good things, quote unquote, right? But you cannot produce the fruit that God desires in and of yourself. You can't do it. Apart from him, you could read your Bible all day. You could pray all day. But if this word is not getting in you. I really believe that if we knew what God said about us and who he said we were. Listen, Jesus came to set you free from you, man. And to set me free from me so that I could love you. And so you could love me. Right. So I wasn't so self-focused. So I didn't have to focus on me anymore. Because look, I'm forgiven. My sins have been taken care of. I'm, I'm unequivocally, unequally, and unapologetically loved by the God who created all things. Like, I have nothing to worry about. I can fix my attention upon you now. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away as a branch and dries up. That's scary. And they gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. That's even more scary. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. My father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. Just as the father has loved me and I have also loved you, abide in my love. If you keep my commandments... 
Stop right here as I read this. If, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. What are his commandments? Huh? Okay, good. All right, let's keep going. All right, abide in my love. Just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you so that my joy may be in you. That's cool. And that your joy may be made full. This is my commandment, he tells us, that you love one another, just as I have loved you. So how do we grow as Christians? It is through abiding in him, right? And we abide, remember the, the memory verses is... is um, just as you receive Christ Jesus, Lord, so continue to walk in him. Well, how did you receive him? Did you do a lot of things? Did you work hard? No. It, it was a gift. It was by grace, through faith. That's how you received him. And Paul's saying, hey, just as you received him, so walk in him. How do we walk in him? We walk in by grace, through faith. Faith is you abiding in the promises of God and going, this is who I am. Does this make sense? Are we picking up on putting down? All right, good. How did we receive Jesus? We received him by grace through faith, right? Listen to Ephesians 2, 8, 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith. So how are we saved? By grace through faith. How do we walk with Christ? By grace through faith. And grace is just as a merited favor on, on your life. Listen, God loves you. Deal with it. No, Seriously. Like God loves you. God loves you. Deal with it. In all of your mess, in all your suckiness, because we all have it. You know what I'm saying? Like he, lo- he still loves you. I don't know why. Like seriously, you know what I mean? Like I look at myself and I go, God, I don't get it. Like I, I know me. I know me. And he's going, I know you too. And I love you. I love you. God loves you. You got to deal with that. God loves you when you are completely messed up. He loves you. Listen, the, that's, the, that's the gospel. The gospel isn't you were great and God loved you. The gospel is you suck and God loves you anyway. <laughs> that's good news. <laughs> right? use the word suck way too much tonight i'm not going to use it anymore i promise that was the last time and that not of yourself is the gift of god not as a result of works so that no one may boast so none of us in this room can go before god and go god you love me because i've done x y and z god you saved me because i'm so great god you saved me because i'm better than this one god you saved me because i'm Remember the parable where Jesus is in the, t- where Jesus is, he tells the parable of the two people who went up to the temple, right? Uh, one a Pharisee, one a tax collector, right? The tax collector goes in and he says, Lord, forgive me. He won't even look to heaven. And he's like, Lord, forgive me, a sinner, like have mercy on me. And the, ta- the Pharisee is like, Lord, thank you that I'm not like that cat. You know, I give a tenth of all I have. Like I got it all together, right? And Jesus is like, that guy left not right with God. And the cat who was like, God have mercy on me left right. Now look, anytime you talk about grace, anytime you talk about God's grace, there are people in the room who are going to go, 
But wait a minute, wait a minute. Let's not make it too good. Because some people in here might take advantage of it. Listen, Paul says this in Romans chapter 5. He's like, there were those who were going, well, if God's grace increases all the more when I sin, why don't I just keep on sinning so God's God's grace may increase all the more? And Paul's like, you're an idiot. You died to sin. How can you live in it any longer? Right? The purpose of the gospel is that our lives will be radically altered and changed. That's the purpose of the gospel. Abiding in Jesus by grace through faith is all we need. He produces in us the fruit he desires. That's crazy. But it's, it's not passive. I don't want us to get this idea that it's like it's all passive. No, you have to believe. You have to have faith. You have to go, no, I'm resting in this reality that I've been bought with, that I'm bought, that I'm yours, that you've forgiven my sins. I have to rest in that reality. And I have to trust Jesus and abide in him by his grace and walk with him that way. But how does faith come? How does faith come? Because if we need faith, and faith is us abiding in the vine, and going, I'm trusting in you, I'm resting in you, I'm trusting in what you have said about me. Listen, if you... If you and I really believed that our sins were forgiven, we wouldn't keep asking God to forgive us for the same sins over and over and over again. You ever have those moments where you like, you mess up and you like royally mess up. It's not like your normal mess ups where like you're easy. That's those are easy to forgive to you. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Like you're like, no, nah, that's not that bad. God forgave me. Of that. <laughs> you know what you I mean? When all sin is it's horrible, right? Like he's holy and righteous and good and pure and we're not, right? We, we're those things in Christ, but we're not those things in and of ourselves. But I've had those moments, man, where I've really royally failed and I question God's forgiveness. Anybody else? Okay. But if I really believed God's promise, that if I confess my sins, he's faithful and just to forgive me my sins and cleanse me from all righteousness, 1 John 1, 9, I would let it go. The problem is I'm prideful. The problem is I really don't think I should mess up. The problem is I really think I'm perfect. Or that I should be. You're not. I'm not. Deal with it. God loves you anyway. When you got saved... <laughs> When you got saved, Jesus did not look at you and say, if you screw up one more time, though, I'm out. He didn't do that. He saved you anyway. He saved you anyway. Listen, I've heard people tell me before. You know, we might not get out of here early. Sorry. I'm the early guy. Anyway. (laughs) Thank you, brother. Anyway, <laughs> I've heard people say this. It's, it's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. People have said this. Listen, when you get to heaven, God's going to play everything you've ever done on this big screen. Right? Everyone's going to see all the horrible things you've ever done. You wicked sinner. Like, that's supposed to help us not sin anymore. You know what I mean? That's like just when you sin, you're like, well, dang, that one's going to be played. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that doesn't help us in our need. 
That is not our God. Our God's better than that. You know what he says? This is great. He says in his word, listen, it's almost, it is hard. It's, it's so good. It's hard to believe. He says his word that he's going to separate the sheep from the goats. Remember this? And what does he say about the sheep? He goes, when I was hungry, you fed me. When I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. When I was in prison, you came and visited me. When I was, uh, when I was naked, you clothed me. When I was sick, you came. You, all those things. And the, and the sheep are going to go, uh, when, when did we see you like that? And he says, whenever you did it on the least of these, you've done it on to me. Nowhere there is Jesus saying, now, let's look at everything bad you've ever done. You're not remembered for what you've done that's evil because your sins are forgiven. You remember for what you've done in Christ Jesus. That's how good it is. That's how good it is. You remember for the fruit that you bore, not the fruit you didn't. You know how I know that? Because he prunes off everything in you that doesn't bear fruit. Hello? That's the unforgiveness. That's the unlove. That's the moments that you, you know, used a few choice words you shouldn't with someone. That's the, you know what I'm saying? That's the anger. That's the times you messed up. But look, in every one of those moments, when we go to God in forgiveness and go, God, please forgive me. He wipes it away because your heart's in the right place. You're not going, God, I want to do that again. You're going, God, I realize I've screwed up. And he will never not forgive you. crazy how does faith come so faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of christ listen this is everywhere right the word gets in you that's the seed hello it produces faith faith in you it produces faith god in that moment when you heard the gospel god in that moment was coming to you where you are and he was saying my arms are open wide for you to come And I'm giving you the faith right now to believe it. So when we reject it, it's that much worse. Because the God of the universe literally was holding his hand out to us in salvation and reconciliation. So faith comes from by hearing, hearing by by the word of Christ. So abiding has to do with resting in the promises of God's word. Abiding has to do with you resting in the promises of God's word. That's going to produce growth in you. Not you trying. You know how else I know this? Oh, goodness. I wasn't going to go here. I'm going there. Thank you, Lord. Okay. Galatians, Galatians. The whole letter of Galatians is written because of this thing. Are you all still with me? Okay, come on. All right, so the, the, whole, the whole letter to Galatians is written because of this problem. Because people in Galatia were thinking that they could achieve righteousness, holiness, all those things on their own by what they did. So they thought, well, if I read my Bible enough, if I pray enough, if I go to church enough, if I do enough good, if I... If, you see what I'm saying? Okay, so this is what Paul says to, him, to them. This is what he says to them. He says, you foolish Galatians. Thank you, Paul. I'm a fool, right? It's like, 
<laughs> right? Like, you foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you before whose eyes Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified? This is the only thing I want to find out from you. Did you receive the Spirit, the Holy Spirit? So did the Holy Spirit come into your life because of the works you've done? <laughs> no! 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 By works of the law or by hearing with faith? Yeah. Are you so foolish? Thank you again, Paul. Having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by you? See, we get saved as Christians. We get saved and then we think that we have to keep doing it. Like, well, now I got to keep myself saved. You didn't do anything to do in the beginning. You, you didn't. You did nothing. To, you, none of it was on you. No, like, none of it. You know what I mean? Like, it, sorry. Like, none of it was on you. Nowhere. When you, when you receive Jesus as Lord, nowhere do he look at you and go, okay, now you got to keep it. Otherwise, you're out. You didn't earn it by works, but darn it, you better keep it by it. Now, are we saved onto good works? Yes, we're saved onto good works. But let's not get the cart before the horse, right? Which is a weird thing. Because what happens to the horse at that point? Anyway, um, <laughs> you were thinking about things like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> horse gets tripped up. and it's, Anyway, um... And the, the whole phrase, like, beating a dead horse, like, why would you do that? That's kind of sick. Anyway, um, sorry, that has nothing to do with what we're talking Okay, um, back on topic. So, it's my ADHD kicking in. Um, we're saved onto good works, but even those are produced by faith. And listen, if you've ever had a thought in your mind, like, listen, anybody ever here thought about sharing the gospel with somebody? That's not you. You wouldn't do it. That's not of you. That's the Holy Spirit. So next time that happens, your job is to obey that voice. And you go, aye, aye, <laughs> captain, right? And go, like, that's your job. Right? Because that's not you. You ever want... Mm. You ever, you ever, you ever a neighbor that like, you're like, I feel like I should do this for my neighbor. You ever have those moments? It doesn't matter what it is. You ever have those moments where you're like, I think I should do this for, the, for my neighbor. I think I should do this. That's not you. You know what you do. You're lazy and you don't want to do those things. Listen, it's true though. You know, ah, ah confession time. I was mowing my neighbor's lawn for a really long time. We moved recently. And I wanted to stop mowing my neighbor's lawn. I was sick of doing it. But every time I got my lawnmower out, <laughs> the Lord was like, are you going to mow her lawn? And I'm like, dang it. <laughs> you know? And so, so like, so... I'm like, yes, Lord, I'm going to mow her lawn. But when I moved, I got to tell you, dude, there was something in me that was like, <laughs> that was like, yes, 
I know this is horrible, but I had this moment of like, I no longer have to hear the Lord go, are you going to mow her lawn? I like, I, like, how bad is that? You know what I mean? Ah, oh, but that's how we grow. We hear by faith and we do what we hear. James would say, don't be just mere hearers of the word, but be doers also. Right? We're not saying we don't do. That's dumb. Like, if you tell me you're a Christian, but your life doesn't reflect Jesus, um, you're not a Christian. Sorry, First John says that. Not me. Take it up with First John. Take it up with God's word. Right? Whoever knows him must walk as Jesus walked. That's First John. Chapter 2. All right. Hebrews, Hebrews 3. 3.12. Take care, brethren, that there not be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart that falls away from the living God. But encourage one another day after day, as long as it is called today, so that none of you will be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. So how are our hearts hardened? How does this soil become hard to God? Because at first it's soft. At first it's the soil, at first the seed's able to get in. We believe, we rejoice, we're happy about it. So what hardens it? Unbelief. That's what Paul, that's what Paul who wrote Hebrews says right here. Well, I believe wrote Hebrews. For we have become partakers of Christ if we hold fast the beginning of our assurance firm until the end. While it is said, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as when they provoked me. For who provoked him when they had heard? Indeed, did not all those who came out of Egypt led by Moses? And with whom was he angry for 40 years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose, bo- whose bodies fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest, but to those who were disobedient? So we see that we are not able to enter because of unbelief. There are two things that shocked Jesus when he was on the earth. Two things. Great faith and unbelief. That's it. Like there are two, when you read the Bible, there's only two things he was astounded by. That's it. Two things that shocked him. That was like this. I have not seen such faith even in all of Israel. Remember, he talks about the Gentile woman who comes in. And she's like, hey, even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall off the, the master's, their master's table. Right? And he's like, man, I have not seen such faith even in all of Israel. Right? He was amazed by faith. By great faith. And he was also astounded by unbelief. For the word of God is living and active. So as we believe this word, it gets into who we are. It's living and active. Sharper than a two-edged sword. It pierces, piercing as far as devoid, devoid, blah, blah, blah. Go back one. Thank you, sir. Piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit of both joints and marrow and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Listen, it gets in here and goes, hey, 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 remember your mind. That wasn't like me. That was like you. So repent. I love you. Let's keep going. Next time, do what I ask you to do. Yes, Lord. Remember the parable of the two children? Remember, okay, remember the parable of the two sons? Father goes to one son and goes, hey, I want you to go work in my, in my vineyard, right? Remember the story? The son's like, oh, yeah, dad, I'll go. I, I love to go. I, this is my favorite thing is to go work in your vineyard, right? <laughs> so, so he leaves, doesn't do it. The other son comes along and he goes, hey, will you go work in the vineyard today? And he goes, heck no. I don't want to go work in the vineyard. No, I'm not going. No, no. No, right? He leaves and then he goes and does it. And Jesus is like, who obeyed? And they're like, well, the cat that went. Listen, God is not asking you 
to feel something. We're constantly told to feel stuff. Like you have to feel a certain way to do something. You don't. Listen, you can be kicking and screaming the whole time and still be doing what God wants. That's crazy. So it doesn't, God's like, look, bro, you'll get there. You'll get there. Just be obedient in the moment. That's growth. That's growth. Growth goes, I don't want to do it, but I'll do it anyway. Isn't that good? Because that means you can completely feel horrible about it. You know what I'm saying? Like you can be like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to love that. I don't want to stop at Starbucks and get that person a Starbucks drink. I don't want to do it, Lord. You know how they treat me at work. You know how much they hate me. You know they don't like me. You know what they say about me behind my back. You know who they are. And God's going, I know. Get them the drink anyway. And you go in there and you're like, here, God asked me to get this for you. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. You mean like, it doesn't have to be. I was in Starbucks the other day. I'll share this story with you because it's a little comical. I was in Starbucks the other day. I had my Bible out. I'm going to finish on time, people. Let's go. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Let me hear an amen. Anyway, um, <laughs> preach it, brother. Get done on time. Anyway, um, <laughs> We got places to go. So I'm in, I'm in, I'm in Starbucks. I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm reading my Bible. My, it was kind of a weird morning. My car, like, anyway, I didn't put my car. Anyway. So I'm in Starbucks, regardless of what I was doing, I was in Starbucks. And there's this old guy sitting like right over there. And I'm sitting here and the whole time I'm thinking to myself, Lord, I just want to read the word. I don't want to be bothered today. Please don't let this man talk to me. Right, you know what I'm talking about. You know, you ever been on a plane? Person sitting next to you, you're like, you got that book out, and you're like, Lord, I just want to read my book. I just want to read my. Where are you from? Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. It was one of those moments. So the old man walks up to me. He doesn't even say anything from the table. He gets up and walks over to my table. Anybody ever been here before? And you're like, I don't, I don't have the energy today, man. I don't have it. He goes, he goes, he looks at me, he goes, you ever thought about writing a book? And I'm like, well, yeah, actually, I thought about writing a book. He goes, I got the perfect book for you. I got the perfect book for you to write. I'm like, you're going to tell me what book I need to write. He goes, it's about my life. And I was like, oh, sir, with all due respect, that's not my story. That's your story. You need to tell that story, right? I don't think that's the story God wants me to tell. So he goes back and sits down. And the Holy Spirit is just like, that's it? That's all you're going to say to the man? So I'm like, dang it. So he starts talking to me again from the table, right? And he starts telling me about how he has slept with all these women. He's impregnated all the years. So so it's like, I've been (laughs) pregnant. And you want me to write this story? Uh, so he goes, I've impregnated so many women. I have so many kids. I don't even know how many kids I got out there. Like, I've, I've, like I was in this, like, and like, I almost died like 50 bajillion times. Like, my life is crazy. You need to write my story. And I said, sir, there's one part missing from your story. And it's the best part. He said, what is it? I said, come over here and sit down and talk with me for a minute. 
and I shared the gospel with them. I didn't want to. I did not want to. (laughs) Seriously, everything in me that day was drink your Starbucks drink and don't care. And God was going, that's not me. I thought, Aaron, I thought you were abiding in me. I am Lord. Well, then I'm flowing through you, brother. Let's go. Is this, are you picking up on <laughs> Like newborn babies long for the pure milk of the word so that by it you may grow in respect to salvation. Listen, if you abide in Christ, all these things will follow. The cart is back here full of Bible study, loving people, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, all the fruits of the spirit, all that stuff. It's, it's, it's in here, but it's, it's the, the work, the serving, the reading your Bible, the praying, the going to church, the life groups, the sharing the gospel, the, all that stuff is the cart. The horse is you abiding by grace through faith. Because if you do that, the rest will be produced. And you know how you know you're producing it? Is when you're doing it and you're not looking at other people who aren't doing it and going, well, I'm better than they are. Well, I'm a better Christian than that one. Are you going to church, reading your Bible, praying, serving, doing all those things because you want other people to look at you and go, you're a good Christian? Are you doing it because God's spirit is flowing in and through you? And you're just like, look, I don't care who else does it. I'm doing it because he called me to do it. All scripture is inspired by God and Beneficial for teaching, for rebuke, for correction, and for training us in what is right. So God is going to get in there with his word and he's going to be like, that was wrong. He's going to get in there with his word and he's going to be like, hey, you need to do better than that. Hey, that, correct that. Hey, training right. Like, that's what the word does. Right? And it's not, it's not, it's not rebuke in the sense of like condemnation. It's rebuke as a dad would like be like, hey, bro, you're part of the fam, man. Like, you know, we don't do that as our family. We don't do that in the fam, you know? As we abide in Jesus, he flows in and through us and gives us the power to do all that he has called us to do. Listen to what Paul says in Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I, which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. For it is God, listen to this, Philippians 2.13. For it is God who is at work in you, both to will and to do, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. So who's doing it? Him. What are you doing? You're abiding. That's what you're doing. Uh, Andrew, do you have that Andrew Murray quote? Andrew Murray said this, if God gives me, who lowercase g that? Yeah, let's fix that one. All right. <clears throat> Mike was like, oops. <laughs> uh, our God is not a lowercase God. Amen? Yeah. All right. I probably sent it to him that way. 
<laughs> if God gives me what he requires of me, no requirement can be too great. If God gives me what he requires of me, then nothing he asks me to do can be too great. The Christian life, listen, the, this is my last thing, I swear. Well, this, a Bible verse, then I'm done. Um, the Christian life can ultimately, ultimately be summarized as those who walk by grace, through faith, in repentance, and love. That's the Christian life. The Christian life is you walking with God by grace, understanding that he loves you. He just loves you. He loves you. And you just accepting that. And going, I'm loved by God. I'm loved by God. Dude, that's pretty, that's freeing, isn't it? I'm loved by God. And I'm going to trust in that love with all that I have. And when I mess up, I'm going to repent. I'm going to trust that I have the forgiveness of sins. And I'm going to love the people around me. And I'm going to love God. That's the Christian life. That's it. You want to grow as a Christian? Do that. Walk with God by grace through faith. Repent of your sins when you need to. And love people the way he did. That's the Christian life. That's it. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision... In that same book, Galatians 5. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything. But faith working through love. Now, another scripture will say, the only thing that matters is faith expressing itself through love. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much um, for this night, Lord Jesus. We thank you for just taking this time out, Lord God, today to spend with you. And Lord, I pray that we would realize how good you really are. God, that you didn't save us because of things we've done, but you saved us because you're good. Lord, you don't love us because we perform well. You love us regardless, regardless of our performance. And Lord, our job is to, when we hear your voice, to not harden our hearts in unbelief, but to trust you. And so, Lord, help us to abide in you, Jesus, to allow your spirit to flow in and through us, Lord God. For you are the one who gives us the power to accomplish everything you've called us to do. Lord, I pray for anyone in this room tonight, Lord Jesus, who is wrestling with, um, with, who's wrestling with the reality that you love them. Um, Lord, I pray that you would um, just show them in the only way that you can, uh, that you really do. And Lord, the cross is that. The cross is that. We cannot doubt your love for us because you died for us, Lord God. You died in our place. And Lord, any, any area in our life where we're struggling with forgiveness, Lord God, I pray that right now we'd realize that you're greater than our sins. But Lord, maybe there's someone in our life that we need to forgive. For you said in your word, forgive as the Lord has forgiven you. And so, Lord, may we hear that word tonight, today. May we not harden our hearts towards it, but may we forgive those. May we not let any bitter root grow up in us, Lord God. And uh, let us just rest in you. We thank you, Lord. Uh, We love you, Jesus. Thank you so much. We ask this all to your glory, King Jesus. Amen. Amen.